Daniel chapter six in particular, I was blessed as I looked at a familiar story. Um, as you, if you've been around the Bible at all, or even for real, if you haven't, you've probably seen it on TV, the story of Daniel. Daniel was a great man of God who loved the Lord. He was taken captive out of uh, Israel and taken into Babylon. And he was put in a high position because he interpreted a dream. Uh, King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. It was so profound because he not only had a dream and wanted an interpretation, he wouldn't even tell the people what his dream was about. So the persons who he would look to, the astrologers, magicians, and the wise men, as they would call them, couldn't answer. And they said, nobody's ever asked anybody to do this. But David, I mean, I'm sorry, but Daniel said, I know a God who's well able. And so he told him his dream and he got elevated. Well, generations passed and eventually Nebuchadnezzar's son took over as king. And you may know this story from Daniel chapter five, where a hand wrote on the wall. If you older as I am or in my generation, you might remember the, the Adams family where cousin it just had a hand. <laughs> well, the hand wrote on the wall. And needless to say, that got everybody's attention. And again, they called on Daniel to interpret. And Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar's son, because he had basically ignored what God had told his father. You know, Nebuchadnezzar had been made to eat grass like an animal because he was so arrogant. God humbled him until he looked up to heaven and decreed and declared that God is God. And so when Nebuchadnezzar's son became king, he called for the goblets and the gold to be brought out of the temple so that he could use it to party with his family and friends. And the hand came out. And how I many know if God got to bring his hand out, that ain't a good sign. And so Daniel said to him, you knew all that God had done in your father's life. And then you had the nerve to take gold and goblets and the things that were set apart and sacred to God and use them for common things to party and to enjoy yourself. He said, because you didn't honor my God, your time is short. In fact, he said, you've been weighed and you've come up short. How many know that is a preach right there? Somebody coming up short, but we ain't gonna mess with that. But when we get to chapter six, because by now, Nebuchadnezzar's son, after the edict was given through Daniel, and you didn't listen, you came up short. Well, that night he died. And then King Cyrus uh, came, or, I'm sorry, Darius came and uh, eventually became king. And Darius is the king in chapter six. And Darius had put 120 people, men over different uh, parts of his kingdom. and he was so impressed with the excellence of Daniel that he was going to elevate him to put him over all of them. I believe they call satraps, kind of like mayors. He was going to make him the mayor of the mayors. And they didn't like that. How I many know you always got some haters? That's another sermon. But he said, they said, well, we're, we're not going to be able to trap him. We got to come up with a way to trap Daniel because, you know, the king is impressed with him. So let's see if we can bring him down. And consequently, they came up with a scheme. And they said, if we 
uh, get the king to sign this edict, we can trap Daniel because Daniel was faithful. Daniel prayed three times a day to God looking toward Jerusalem. And they said, oh, we can't get him in anything else. He won't sin. He won't do anything else. We're going to trap him in the things that he does that are good. And so they came up with a scheme to trap Daniel by getting the king to sign an edict saying that anybody who prayed to anybody other than the king for 30 days would be thrown into a lion's den. And the king was unaware of the scheme. And so when they asked him to sign it, he said, sure, he signed into law this provision. And this is in verse number 10. It says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, so after he knew that the king had signed his edict saying anybody who prays to anybody but the king is going to be putting a, a lion's den. It says, now when Daniel knew the writing was signed, he went home in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem. So he wasn't hiding, had the windows open. He knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since the early days. In other words, he prayed every day, three times a day, had always been doing that since he had been there. It was nothing new. And some of us need, as I've been praying and, and meditating on Daniel, because Daniel had an excellent spirit. He had patterns that he followed. He had, if you will, uh, disciplines that he followed. And because he customarily did that, he didn't change. He didn't say, he said, I knew that they got him to sign it this thing, but I'm because I'm being uh, consistent in my walk with God. And some of us are stumbling right there because we are so inconsistent with our walk with God. But let me not get caught up there because I don't want to miss the point. So of course they see that he prays and then they run to the king and say, didn't you sign this edict saying if anybody doesn't Pray or praise anybody other than you, they get to be thrown into the lion's den. He said, Yes, I did. They said, Good, then you got to throw Daniel in. Well, the king was grieved. And verse number 13 So they answered and said before the king that Daniel, who is one of the captives from Judah, does not show due regard for you, O king, or for that for the decree that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day something in me quickened when I read that. Hear this again. So they answered and said before the king, that Daniel who is one of the captives from Judah does not show due regard for you, O king, or for the decree that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Something in that jumped in my spirit when I read it. And the Holy Ghost said, how much regard are you showing to the decree that the enemy has placed over your head. The decree to say you're gonna be sick. The decree to say you're gonna be broke. The decree that says your marriage is broken or your, your children are jacked up or your health is gonna be destroyed. Whatever that thing is the enemy has brought against you, how much are you giving deference to it? Daniel, it says, showed no regard for it. How much are we giving regard to the pandemic, the COVID? 19 and therefore we won't pray because we're giving so much regard to the thing we are hearing or the stuff we're seeing. Daniel said, I'm not giving any regard to that. I'm still going to pray three times a day. I'm still going to seek my God. I'm still going to cry out to him like I ought to. I give no regard to. 
the decree, if you will, of whatever that thing is that had come against me. Some doctor perhaps gave you a decree you have cancer, gave you a decree that you have COVID, that you're not going to live or this or that is going to happen. And you have to decide how much regard are you going to give to that when you give out your petitions to God. In other words, are you going to temper your prayers by the regard for the things that you're hearing and seeing? Or are you going to be like that? He gave no regard. They said they didn't, he didn't give due regard. He said, I don't have time to give regard to that foolishness. I'm still going to seek my God. I'm still going to petition the throne room of heaven because I give no regard to whatever it is that has been decreed because God is still the same today, yesterday, and forever. And I am not bound by any decree. I wish I had a witness up in here today. I got encouraged myself in the Lord. I will give no regard to whatever the decree is, whatever the label is, whatever the thing is that something has been, or, or that has been spoken or that has happened or that I see or that I read or that I hear. I give no regard to any of that. I give regard to the fact that the God I serve is well able to deal with whatever it is that I'm dealing with. And so I love the fact that Daniel gave no regard he, it said, he does not show due regard to you, O king, or for the decree that you have signed. I love it. As I looked at that thing, I started looking in other versions. I said, hmm, wonder how it reads in other versions. In the NIV, it says, then they said to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you your majesty, or to the decree you put in right. How many can say, I ain't paying no attention to, pan to a pandemic. I ain't paying no attention to a president who decides they're not going to do what they're supposed to do. I'm not paying any attention to the label that this uh, particular uh, prognosis or, or whatever it is that has been spoken over me. I ain't paying no attention to that. I'm going to my God. Now, I'm not saying that I'm going to live in a bubble and pretend like what's being said isn't being said. I'm just saying it's not going to hinder my, if anything, it's going to make me pray hard. It's going to make me press in even the more. I'm giving no regard to that thing. Or as the NIV said, I love it. I ain't paying no attention to that. I looked at the message. The message says the conspirators came and found him praying and asking God for help. They went straight to the king and reminded him of the royal decree that he had signed. Did you not, they said, sign a decree for forbidding anyone to pray to any god or any man except you for the next 30 days and anyone caught doing it would be thrown into the lion's den? Absolutely, said the king, writ written in stone like all the laws of the Medes and Persians. Then they said, Daniel, one of the Jewish exiles, ignores you, O king, and defies you. How many can ignore what the uh, prognosis is. How many can ignore the pandemic and all this nastiness that we're reading about and, and still pray just like God is still God? How many can ignore it? Or how many of us are allowing it to get so in our spirit that it, it quenches our prayer, that it grieves us so much that we're not our custom as Daniel did. Daniel said, far be it for me not to pray, Far be it for me not to call on my God. You can write a decree you want to write. I'm still going to pray. I'm still going to believe God. I'm still going to cry. I'm still going to believe that God is able. Let me plug my 
computer in before it disappeared. I just wish I had a witness out here that could say, you know what? I'm not giving any regard to that. I'm not paying any attention to that. I'm not letting that regulate my prayers. I'm not letting that run my life. I'm not letting that cause me to have anxiety. I am giving no regard to that foolishness. And then the New Living Translation says, then they told the king, that man, Daniel, one of the captains from Judah is ignoring you and your laws. He still prays to his God three times a day. Good God Almighty. I just wish somebody would say, you know what? I ain't paying no attention to the news. I ain't paying no attention to the bad news. I'm still praying in the name of Jesus. And then it went on, because this really blessed me. If you keep going down to verse number 13, and verse 13 says, so they answered, I'm sorry, that was what I read before, down to 16. So the king gave the command, because after the king said, well, you know what, I did sign a decree. Once it's written, it's written in stone. As, remember the, the uh, you'll bring it, so let it be written, so let it be done. Once it was written, it couldn't be reversed. So the king gave command, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king, now this is an unbeliever. This is a person who don't know our God. But the king saying to Daniel, your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Good God Almighty. If the unbeliever know that you'll be delivered, how come the saints don't know they're going to be delivered? How come the saints are wondering if God's going to show up? The unbeliever decree, your God, who you serve continually. Is there anybody here who's serving God continually? Your God, whom you serve continually, they said, he said, will deliver you. Hey, that's my God. And guess what? He will deliver me in the name of Jesus. And then, you know, if you read the story, uh, the, the record tells us that the king couldn't even eat. He fasted all night. He couldn't sleep. He was restless. He didn't want no music. He just sat there concerned about that. And then early in the morning, he ran to the den. He said, uh, Daniel, are you okay? Did the Lord your God deliver you? And Daniel said, oh, king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth. And verse number 23 says, Now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury, get that now, no injury whatever was found in him because he believed in his God. Drops the mic. He believed in his God. There was no residue. Just like when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went in that fire, they couldn't find no smoke, no fire, no ashes, nothing. Because he believed in his God, there was no injury to him. If somebody out here today is believing in God and is paying no attention to the report that they've heard that is outside of the will of God for their lives, then I believe the same God who saved Daniel and brought him out without an injury will do the same thing for you. If that's your testimony, then I want you to pray like you believe today. Pray without ceasing. Pray with confidence. 
pray with boldness and pray, pray paying no attention, giving no regard to the report that doesn't agree with God's word. 